Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you're listening. In this episode, I wanted to chat stories and employer branding. Employer branding is meant to be a reflection of the shared values and behaviours of your employees, really as employer brands are by definition meant to be authentic. And I fundamentally believe that it's the employees who own your employer brand. So how do we get better stories that reflect those employees and the organisation they work for? That's why I'm super happy to have Andrew Sewell here, creator of the Whole Story Coaching Programme, to help us answer these questions. Hi Andy, how's it going? Hello mate, nice to talk to you. How are you doing? Yeah, good thanks mate. What part of the um, country are you locked down in at the moment? I'm in um, sunny lockdown South London, just enjoying the um, weather out of the window. Yeah, it's looking nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Look, looking forward to those groups of six parties <laughs> coming up yeah. soon yeah Mon- i'll start on monday of course yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice so yeah thank really really appreciate you joining joining me today it's um so it's always good to chat with you and um so i'm really chuffed with getting you on, on an episode um so let's start off really by can you tell us a bit about yourself and um and what what you're doing at the moment yeah okay cool so yeah, I call myself a narrative coach. So I kind of okay. work with people's stories effectively. So what that means is I kind of coach people. I coach leaders. I coach founders. I coach people in who are going through um, career transitions. Mm-hmm. And I guess sort of what I like to say is that all of those people are in some way like in a space between stories. Mm-hmm. So that usually they've had one kind of identity. For example, they might have been a, a team manager for a while. And then they've sort of been asked to be a senior leader. But in, in between that, they're in this sort of space between stories where they're helping to sort of find their feet. So yeah, I guess point, like yeah. on a very surface level, that's what my work is. It's helping them through that sort of transition process, which can obviously be kind of uncertain and a bit anxious, but it could also be a sort of really creative and sort of experimental time. Mm. So that, I mean, in a nutshell, that's kind of what I do. Nice. And your background before you went into the coaching space, um, well, we worked together for a bit, didn't we, at Havis People? Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, the last full-time job I had was at, in employer branding at um, Havas People. So I was the, the creative lead there and the head of the writing team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we worked on a bunch of stuff together. We did prison service campaigns and mm-hmm. clients like Deloitte and Tesco and all those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Good times. Good times. Seems like ages ago, but and so, um, at the moment, you're um, so you've got this whole story that you've been um, you've started doing for for certain people. What's 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 the deal with that then? Yeah, I guess so. This this is my kind of response to the lockdown. So when the lockdown happened a few months ago, it was kind of very apparent to me that like now everyone was in a space between stories, right? So we had this like yeah. life going on until March and then suddenly it stopped and then we don't really know what life's going to be like or work is going to be like after the lockdown so at the moment mm-hmm. we're in this sort of like transition period so I kind of created this whole story thing which is an online sort of program that helps people make sense of their their work story right now but also it goes into I'm a kind of qualified psychologist as well so I kind of talk about mental health stuff so it's like how to manage anxiety and rumination and stuff like that as well as create a better a clearer 
what you might want to be the sort of next chapter of your your work story. Mm. Nice one. And um, you started that a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, I'm just piloting that now. Actually, I'm so yeah. halfway through it. It's got it's really cool. I like it. I've got a soundtrack. I framed it as like a sort of a a journey through the mind so i've got like a spotify playlist is like oh, you know you need on any, any road trip you need a you need a soundtrack so i'm kind of trying to have fun with it as well so you're doing that on zoom calls yeah or, or the or, yeah, or yeah. Other video conferencing all, all on zoom and i'm sending people sort of exercises to do in between sessions and stuff like that yeah, good stuff and actually um so so i can't we can't talk about stories without me finding out a bit more you sharing your story, one of one parts of your story, which is um, okay. your connection with the big Lebowski. So let's just spend a few minutes on that. I can't, I can't stop myself from asking that question. Uh, okay, so yeah, so my backstory is kind of a bit mad, I guess. When I, when I first left university, I was kind of interested in two things: writing and psychology. Mm -hmm. And I, I could have gone down the sort of clinical psychology path, but I didn't. I went down the writing path and I ended up teaching English as a foreign language. And that through a series of random sort of things, I ended up in Los Angeles and mm. I'd kind of left the teaching behind and I got sort of entry level jobs in, you know, the TV industry. So I was working on, I don't know, dodgy documentaries with names like the search for Nazi gold and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And then, um, <laughs> So one of the jobs I had was the, the um, as a kind of production assistant for the guy who produced the Coen Brothers films. So he he was this kind of big dude, literally, mm. and I only worked with him for a few weeks. And but this guy was basically the character who the Coen Brothers based the Big Lebowski on because he was like oh, unbelievably laid back and relaxed. He was a really weird kind of guy but he was also really good at these jobs so he was like producing these hollywood films and stuff but he was just a it was a bit of a hippie he was a bit sort of chilled out it was really um <laughs> yeah so um yeah when, when, when we talked about kind of your coaching i think one, one thing that stood out for me in particular which i really liked was was getting people to reflect on their their life as chapters in a book and i think certainly when it comes to this thing about you know so much talk about authentic creating authentic stories and if an employer brand is is a reflection of the experiences and kind of values attitudes and behaviors of their employees then actually by getting people to look at their working life and particularly in the organization they work for in terms of chapters in a book means that actually you know you can come up with some fantastic you know content so you've touched on it already a little bit but what can you kind of describe the the chapters thing and and that approach to to the chapters in a book? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice idea. This I think. Um, so as part of my coaching work, before I start the kind of one to one coaching, I give people a a pre task and, and it's a bunch of questions that helps you reflect on your your career and your life so far. And one of those questions is ask you to divide your your career or your life into chapters. And it, people have a lot of fun with this, and it seems to go down really well. And they give their chapters kind of creative names and stuff. And I just, we were thinking together, that might be a really nice way of sort of organizing kind of employee video content when you're doing mm. sort of employee branding exercises. So rather than a sort of 
traditional profile that can be a bit samey and you know the language is a bit no two days are the same and you know yeah. all make a difference it's very easy to get cliched language in that stuff that doesn't really feel alive or authentic so i guess this might be a dip it's a way of doing authentic content without saying the word authentic essentially mm. yeah definitely well it's it's kind of if you danger is if you say that in some authentic content has been created that it's authentic it's kind of well is it actually authentic and um yeah. i think i think certainly you know there's that yeah you talk about kind of no day is the same yeah i i often refer to kind of employee profiles that they're not they're not stories they're just no day is the same content you know and um not to say there's there's no place to say no day is the same but you know actually when you look at people's careers and their experiences that they get day in day out for an organization there are some great stories there and um, I think employer branding can you know rely too much on just the messaging and you know, not have enough of the proof behind what those say employer brand pillars are so I think definitely looking at kind of your life in an organization as chapters um, in a in a book i think means that straight away your content does change i think very quickly and that can be video or that can be you know blog posts that can be audio podcasts um and of course you know that content is is something that is gonna i think resonate with people not only on your own channels like career sites but also you know social media so should we um should we have a bit of a go at coming up with some Kind of typical chapters obviously you know chapters are going to be different for in you know for everybody but um let's give people a bit of a starting point in terms of how they can think about their chapters do you want to yeah, start yeah. Cool. i think one's part of um thing to say it's it's basically just what your english teacher told you back at school it's like show don't tell so you can tell mm. people what your values are and the brand pillars or even tell other people to tell tell the audience what they are but it's way better to, to show to to demonstrate in real life and i think that's what this kind of thing does mm. um yeah so i was kind of like thinking about my career what chapters would there be in my career um so obviously there's the when i started as a copywriter for the first couple of years it was kind of a, a baptism of fire i would call it i was a bit in at the deep end i was trying to learn everything i was kind of going I was being given more and more responsibility, but I was still finding my feet. So I would definitely call that a chapter. Um, there's one around moving on in quite a few years. Becoming a dad would definitely be a chapter in my work story. So mm. that, again, that sort of brings this kind of holistic element in. So you don't need to just talk about your work life. So I became a dad and that obviously changed how I thought about life, my meaning. So how did my work, my, my boss was great at the time. I got like, you know, the standard paternity leave, but they were really supportive. And so I guess that just gives people a chance to talk about, you know, the wider things rather than just the day-to-day life. Yeah, you definitely, talk. definitely. You I think actually that, that's something I can, I can definitely associate with. I think you, know, you can talk about family-friendly policies and, you know, benefits, but actually it's, hearing the experience of other people in in the same situation you're in or about to be in, I think is 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 really, really powerful. Um, and if anything, it's just 
you know, making that connection between someone who is working at an organization and someone who might work at that organization later on down the line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that I think there's also more scope here to like talk about, you know, kind of the vulnerable stuff. So you could you could have a chapter that's like sometimes things go horribly wrong where like yeah you've, you've experienced some kind of failure or you know there's been just some event that was really tough but that's kind of you talk about it in a human way and you talk about how it helped you develop resilience or the support you got so again you're just sort of broadening out the story beyond the standard kind of profile way of looking at things absolutely even yeah things like the starting out <laughs> joining yeah. in a new organization whether it's your first job or your you know, your your next job in your career, um, there are definitely some some um, stories there that can be told, which you know actually makes people feel reassured that you know no, you're not meant to know everything as soon as you join, or you know you know actually the support there is 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 great, and you actually you don't even have to say we support our employees. <laughs> the experience that that person shares, you know, does that does that job for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I was thinking as well around this. That, um, so books books have chapters. They have kind of narrative arcs, and they also have themes. And I was so I was thinking if you could if you did this sort of thematically, what could you do? And mm. I, it took me back to that Daniel Pink book a few years ago, of which you will remind me of the title. What was it called? Drive, I think. Um, yeah, it's a while since I've I've um a while since I've uh, read it, but yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Dan Pink Drive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that so within that book, he talks about he says that Pip once people have achieved a certain level of salary, like what, what becomes the most important thing from work is three things um mastery, autonomy, and purpose. Mm. So if, if you're in a job where you can you can see you can get better at something, and if you're in a job where you know you're not micromanaged, and if you're in a job where you believe in the the why of the organization and that's like you know the golden ticket so you could kind of almost organize your, your employee content around those themes so what's the mastery theme obviously you've got like graduates who are learning stuff all the time but you've also you're telling the story of the the 40 something who's also engaged in training and learning new stuff mm. uh, you can tell different stories around your purpose you can again talk about autonomy so i mean the lockdown is kind of a weird, interesting thing, isn't it? Because people have been working at home all the time. By definition, the default autonomy, the left, they must be left to their own devices a bit more than if they're in face to face in an office. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's kind of all interesting stuff. And actually, think about it, everyone. There's lots of talk about companies having to pivot, but actually, everyone's having to pivot <laughs> to some extent. Yeah, in terms of changing their direction or or having yeah. to adapt to change and. I'm not God. I'm not sure there's ever been a time like this where everyone has had to adapt in some sort of way in response to one thing, you know. And um, and actually, yeah, that thing about being able to your agility, whether it's a small company, you know, a startup or an SME or a large corporation, you could argue, especially for large corporations, agility is really important for survival, you know. And um, and so actually having those stories of of how people react to change at this time i think is, is something that's going to have 
value you know currency over the next few years and the rest of this decade if not beyond yeah yeah i mean there's so much in that what it, it made, made me immediately think of so rigidity and agility start with the individual so it's kind of like mm. it's about psychological flexibility and emotional agility like how can you you might have, if you're still stuck in those stories of the past you're going to struggle you need you need exactly. to sort of give yourself flexibility and space to move into different ways of, of working mm. hence the reasons you've heard. you know the yeah. classic thing it's of kodak like, and kodak <laughs> kodak and blockbusters you know oh you god know, absolutely yeah. there's so many stories like that yeah yeah um yeah i think um also in terms of other kind of chapters or themes um you know what what other thoughts have you got there is there anything else you think could be kind of good good starters for 10 for um for our listeners i think i think the beauty of it is um getting people to create their own so you could have even if you've only been the, in the organization for a couple of years you could even, it's like a short story right so you could even have little mini chapters i don't know my my three months working next to Mary. It was this like awesome woman and you got on really well with her and it's like a great colleague sort of story. Mm. Or you could have stories that are just around specific projects or obviously the story of change right now, just the lockdown story, just a collection of different lockdown stories about some people have, have really enjoyed this this time. Some people have obviously had mm. horrible time. What's the difference between if you've got three kids at home compared to a 20 year old who's in a in a kind of a house share what mm. does working from home look like to somebody who doesn't have much space in at home to have a, an office there's like mm. there's loads of different questions that we're going to have to kind of think about and answer i think it's like actually that the you know the lockdown and this very quick amazing speed that working from home has been implemented which would have taken months and years for lots of companies to do yeah. is actually I think forced us to be more ourselves um and yeah i think actually it means yeah it's okay to have noise in the background you know it's okay to yes yeah. you are a parent or yeah, you do share a share a, a a flat or a small house with you know other housemates um you know there is that kind of license to be more true true to yourself i think as opposed to you know feeling like there's a there's a professional you and a and a personal you and i think actually i think that's when you look at something like early career recruitment i think that's particularly important because i think there's this attitude that the world of work is all of a sudden you become this different person yeah i think that's a super important point it's really mm. interesting i mean yeah back in the day i guess there was this real sort of distinction between okay when i go to work i'm professional and i don't show my emotions and i just do my job we kind of we've been moving away from that for the last few years yeah. like yeah, the lockdown just quantum leap in authenticity <laughs> when you're Absolutely, doing yeah. a conference call with your your kids in the background you kind of help but show more of the whole person kind of so to speak mm. um actually yeah, when, we, when, we, when we talk good. when we talked about that Oh, go on, no, go, crack on. No, yeah, go, sorry, Chris, you go. No, when we, we we talked about this um uh, this week, and I said so I did I did something with Dawson Walker, uh, Adam Winston, and the gang about unleashing the power of people, and yeah. my video um, kind of contribution was was actually what employers can do is is let people bring their whole selves to work, and you actually had a really nice way of of, 
of saying it. Um, about, oh, okay, yeah. about your whole self to work now. What? what yeah, I mean, I, th these cliches as a, as a writer, kind of, I can't write them down without thinking, what does that really mean? So it's kind yeah, of, absolutely. Of, be be the best version of yourself your <laughs> yeah. to work. It's like what? So you kind of some my take on what bring your whole self to work would be. I mean, if I applied to myself, it's it's simply a a job where my head's in it. So I'm I'm sort of intellectually challenged, but also my heart's in it as well. So I'm kind of mm. my heart's in with the purpose of the organisation, but also you know I I like the people I work with. I'm I'm up for kind of sharing my honest opinions and thoughts and having a laugh. So that's kind of mm. the cult are always within this cultural parameter of these are these are these are the ways that we sort of we behave as a team, as a tribe. These are our collective mm. values. So it's not just like all bets are off, do whatever. It's kind of yeah. a, a new nuanced version. <laughs> yeah. It's something that just feels natural, doesn't it? It's something yeah. it's, it doesn't doesn't grate with your the core of who you're you know who you are. You know, and ultimately yeah. you know that's what why organizations you know have values <laughs> and a purpose yeah. and you know and behaviors is that they're ultimately wanting people to kind of come and join their tribe because they feel a connection with that collective of people or is it simon good old simon cynic you know he's been doing actually he's great the ted talk you know genius and all that and i love his stuff but he's yeah. been doing quite a few videos on linkedin okay. and chats with people and um he talks about tribes and this thing about, I think this does connect with the whole thing about stories. Um, definitely is, because what happens when you're, you know, if you're in, one person's in San Diego, another person's I think in San Francisco, he says, and and um, and you meet someone in San Francisco, and you say, oh, I'm from San Diego. Me too, fantastic. And all of a sudden there's a connection there, you know, however shallow it might be. And then if you're in New York and, you say, "Oh, I'm from San Francisco," and the other person says, "Oh, I'm from from San Diego." And they're like, "Oh, yeah, we're both from California. Fantastic!" <laughs> and then then he goes, "Well, imagine if you're in Paris and you hear an American voice on the on the on the on the um, on the underground subway." It's like, "Oh, you're from America. So am I." And he said that you know that person that you that American you met might actually suggest you go and eat somewhere. And you'd probably take it up and go to it as opposed to listening to a a um, restaurant critic, you know, an expert, you know. Yeah, so yeah. for me, that was a really nice way of, of actually kind of showing how how these authentic stories, this, you know, bringing your whole self to work, you know, when it turns into content that people read, it does create those kind of tribe feeling of community moments um, that do, I think, endear you to organizations and indeed to your future future colleagues yeah yeah absolutely i think that's a really interesting way of saying it i think when mm. you when you, you're always looking for a for a team like you aren't you so it's like oh, even from school age like who, who, who could be my friends in this situation you just yeah. scale it up and it becomes like a, a work question so yeah yeah i really like what you said there that's super interesting you do trust mm. Like when I was in America, if I ever met someone from England, I'm like, yeah, yeah, obviously. And then when you're on a holiday, if some northerner rocks up, I'm going to trust their recommendation <laughs> over, over yeah. the internet. Yeah. Of course, there's this thing about obviously making sure that when it comes to diversity of thought, you know, yeah. you obviously need to make sure that 
that um, haven't got everyone who's the same, you know. But I think that it kind of, I suppose, similar to what you talk about themes instead of chapters, is that actually, you know, whoever you are, there will be stories, various stories, and that you can connect with. Um, so it's just making sure you have variety in what you're saying as as an organisation through your employees. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I think what you connect you, you connect with around, like what you were saying, the value. So when when I was um, back when I worked at Havas People, there was all mm. kinds of people in our creative team, like people in their forties, like me, people in their twenties, all kind of different backgrounds. But you know, everyone was into creativity. We're all into like yeah. doing good creative work. That's what we absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. I think. Um, so. I think the next thing is really, I mean, we've kind of touched on some of it already, but you know, this whole thing's really been about kind of tips. But I think what I'm keen to do is go, let's let's come up with some things that, that people, our listeners can do next, you know, something they can do in that next meeting, that Zoom call, um, or when they've got a campaign coming up or they're looking at their employer brand, you know, what can they do to to make sure that actually maybe they're, they're spinning things around when it comes to the content they're creating. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you could start very simply by asking the chapters question. So if, mm. if you think of your your work story as, as a book, as, as a series of chapters, what would those chapters be? And that immediately gets you into a sort of different kind of conversation about mm. what the content looks like. I mean, that's just a really simple question. And then you can have fun with the... The chapter headings they don't have to be sort of you know 21 to 27 uh <laughs> yeah it's up to you to like kind of play with it yeah, yeah 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 i think and actually uh, there could be like four or five chapters in there you know and actually it can just be scribbles on you know on a whiteboard or on your own notepad um where actually you're just plotting out you know those chapters in in you and your team's, your team's life at you know career at that company, um, then actually I think once you've got that, you can go well. Okay, well, what could what would this look like content-wise? What format-wise? You know, actually, you know, it could be actually that it's it's a video, you know, and using software that enables you to to use your mobile phone and get a number of people to. To answer questions and then submit those. I know the guys at um, Source, which have a basically a mobile video creation platform, and that's great software, pretty reasonable as well. Actually, I'm not on commission, by the way, um, but um, that's a really nice way of doing it. But then some people may not be comfortable, certainly to start with, using video and film themselves. So actually, then there's a chance of, say, recording Zoom conversations. I mean, ultimately, this. This podcast episode is a recorded um, video conference yeah. <laughs> conversation. Yeah, you know, yeah. so maybe going down the audio route because actually, although some people still find it weird, or does that is that really how I sound? You know, it can be a nicer way, or easier way to ease yourself into kind of putting yourself out there. And of course, the whole thing about maybe writing something, but you know, writing a blog post, but then to be left with a bit of a blank sheet and going, oh goodness, what do I write about? It could be as you know, simple as doing a Q&A on an email. Here's a question, here's an answer. And then from that is a Q&A written 
blog post with one person or, or multiple people. Those kind of things I've done o- over the years have been quite good techniques, really. And um, and I think that means when you take that approach with the looking at chapters in your story and then you use those kind of approaches in terms of the different formats you can use, then when that kind of stuff does drop into, certainly on particularly on social media, drops into their stories feed or their main news feed, um, there's more chance that they're going to they're going to stop on that, it's creating that well-used term, that thumb-friendly content um, that Mark Zuckerberg talks about. That's really going to grab people's attention without yeah. interrupting them, because advertising is so much being always been about about interrupting people as opposed to seamlessly fitting into into their way of thinking and encouraging people to spend time on your content as opposed to forcing them to. When t- <laughs> that's of course right when it comes has has been right when it comes to TVs. TV advertising because you couldn't change the channels, but as channels increased, remote controls came along, and then on demand came along, um, and when social comes along, you absolutely have the power to to move away from that advertising if you feel it's not giving you what you need. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, like the the thing that's worked best for my business right now is just it's because I own my own business. I can you know I make the rules about how I talk, and yeah. being able to talk like like we're talking now honestly and down to earth and just as me it just it feels better for me and it just connects with people it's just kind of obvious in it because it's just one person mm. talking to another person <laughs> it's exactly. kind of trustworthy inherently um yeah I was and actually just, when you oh go on no go on i was just thinking chris if people want to do that q a thing so like just a few sub questions so you're thinking about your chapter headings but mm. then it's almost like what 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 did you learn from that chapter? What what strengths and talents did you use in that part of your life? It's kind of like yes. how would you summarize it. What might be a metaphor that sort of captures that chapter? So it's pretty easy to think of like questions to to give yourself deeper content there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, and I think actually going on your point about you know um, just conversations, I think is you know, when you look at the BBC and other broadcasters. And they are literally running their programming through, you know, web types, you know, web conversations, you know, um, video video chats. Then actually, I think that makes that kind of level of, of, I say, quality within, you know, quote marks because it's quality is more about the actual content itself. Um, But it makes it more acceptable. So okay, it's all right to to have ums and ers in content. It's all right to you know, have maybe some noise going on in, in, in the in the background. Um, so I think it forces things to be a bit more real and, you know, authentic with quote, flying quote marks again. Um, yeah. I mean, sure. yeah, 100%. I mean, there's, obviously there's still a level of um, it has to come across as you can hear it and all that stuff. But um, definitely, definitely. even just the amount of people, Zoom calls that people are doing just in their daily lives right now, it's just people who just, already used to seeing that kind of sort of interaction so it just makes it yeah. more natural <laughs> you would do that <laughs> it's true they used to seeing themselves maybe spent the first few days and weeks yeah, yeah. looking down at the, the them on the screen and <laughs> yeah. forget about it and um i think that's the thing isn't it especially with video is is just talking to that lens um camera lens yeah. on your device um as if it was a person you know and of course yeah. it's easy now when that person and the other end of that lens are people you're having meetings with. Um, yeah, definitely. I think. I think also, actually, I've kind of. I, I think, 
a nice kind of safety net or a bit of a, a, a guide along with looking at those chapters is is to have your employer brand you know documentation there and looking at your EVP you know what what is the proposition and what are your themes or pillars whatever they you know term is is used and then looking at those chapters in that context um, yeah, yeah. so it does then direct it straight back to to the employer brand um, and goes back to the point about ultimately your employer brand is something that exists already and it's but it's and your employees really own that employer brand on that basis so so not only is this a good test of an employer of employer branding work um, but it also means that it absolutely directs back to your EVP and your and your pillars um, because it's all it's all connected. I remember I remember doing something a few years ago with um, a global insurance company and um, came up with kind of a people stories hub for social yeah. but also for the career site and um, and I can't remember exactly remember the the employer brand themes but one was around kind of international movement and kind of globally minded another round one was around support now okay yeah you could say well that could be any company and you're absolutely right it could be um i don't think pillars are unique to every single company but what we did was was go right well the globally minded thing we have found someone who who was part of a orchestra that went around around europe and literally had to work in symphony with with colleagues from different backgrounds and we had hardly any reference to actual job vacancies there, so much so that someone said, is this a mistake in the copy? I said, well, it's not really, you know, it's um, it's all about the experience that someone has that ties back into one of the employer brand themes. And someone else who kind of tapping into the supporting thing, someone who would talk to someone, to an elderly lady on the telephone every week or every month and was was a great source of support for that that elderly person and there's no mention of the employer brand themes there but actually those experiences absolutely shouted about about the employer brand evp and and the pillars that that that, that company had um so yeah it'd be nice to see more of that kind of content out there yeah that's really interesting it's yeah you don't you, you don't need to shout about your pillars you need you need to use them as a, a frame for the conversations and the conversation exactly. In themselves communicate what those values and pillars are exactly so grab your grab your grab your employer branding decks you know and uh, and and documentation and get some people in a room um, and start thinking about chapters in their books that could be just you as a internal team you know attraction team um, doing that yourselves or actually trying it with a you know particular area you know so talking about it yesterday actually with a with a client technology and graduates <laughs> it's it's a yeah. big challenge for lots of companies so why not you know also try it with a, a group of people that you know are connected to some hard to fill roles and um i think when you start looking at your you know if you say well what would our content look like and what would our stories be if we looked at them in chapters then i think um i think the content would start to look very different yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a big open sort of discussion as well. There's a, lots of different ways you could take that. But exactly. yeah, I think it's a solid idea. Yeah, nice. Well, um, 
yeah thanks i think we're pretty much done on time now but um so cool. it goes very quickly but thanks yeah. very thanks very much um thanks very much for that it's really good to have you on um pleasure and, um, okay. um yeah maybe maybe we do some maybe do something else in um you know in, in the coming coming weeks and months um because it feels like there's a bit more to be said about this really but yeah thanks very much for your time and um have an awesome weekend yeah you too thanks chris it's great nice to talk to you mate thanks mate bye now see you later Thanks for listening and don't forget to follow or subscribe for the latest episode drops. And don't forget to get in touch if you want to contribute.